I read some time back about Walter Payton. Walter Payton was very uh, good running back, NFL superstar, and uh, he carried the ball 3,403 times in game situations. 3,403 times. And in his career, he carried the ball nine miles. But every time that he would carry the ball, an average of four and a half yards, he got knocked down, stepped on, hit. Every four and a half yards, he averaged four and a half yards per carry. And you think about having 280, 300, 325 pound men knocking you down, stomping you, and every four and a half yards for nine miles. <laughs> Amen. And it said the way he lined up, he carried the ball nine, and he carried the ball an average of seven yards before he ever got the line of scrimmage. And so after he got the line of scrimmage, he carried the ball nine miles and got knocked down and stomped on every four and a half yards and got back up and got back up. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad that God gives us the ability to get back up. Hallelujah. Praise God. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemies. For when I fall, he didn't say if I fall, he said when I fall, I shall arise. I shall arise. Hallelujah. Somebody shouted, I shall arise. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then Christopher Columbus, they said in his diary, he, um, they, when they read his diary, it said, uh, we sail westward today. And then he made a statement, we had mutiny on board, but underneath it was, we sail westward today. The next day, we had great trouble among the men on the ship, but we sail westward today. And then the next day, we had rebellion on board the ship, but we sail westward today. Every time, mutiny, trouble, rebellion, starvation, but we sailed westward. That was a man that knew where he was going. I believe this church knows where we're going. Hallelujah. And whatever comes our way, we're sailing westward today. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let's praise God one more time. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 15. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 15. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Romans 6.23, I'll just quote it. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Everybody say the gift. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave. Everybody say He gave. He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Paul said, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. I want to talk about that for a few minutes. And if I could, I'd just like to lift up Jesus Christ for a little while. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Amen. I love you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 
You may be seated, and God bless you. I will attempt to be through in about 45 minutes here. I know it's getting late, and I know you're getting hungry, and I will be mindful of the time. Amen. God so loved the world that He gave. God so loved. It doesn't just say that He loved, but God so loved. The word so there places special emphasis. It is indescribable. If I say to my wife, and she's sitting down here, I love you so much, then uh, that means there's no way that I can tell you how much I love you, and I feel that way. Amen. When I hear that song that Sister Cable just sang, I can say, that, was so, that song was so beautiful. There's no way you can describe how beautiful that song was and how powerful it was. Amen. There's no way you can describe how much God loves this world. God so loved the world that He gave. Love is always a giving situation. The song said, Could we with ink the ocean fill and with a sky parchment made where every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe betrayed? To write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the whole contain the scroll though stretched from sky to sky. There's no way this afternoon that we could describe the wonderful gift of God. Now, I was reading the other day in this um, ninth chapter of Second Corinthians, and Paul was actually teaching on, on giving. He was talking about liberality and generosity and giving, and, and if you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly, but if you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully, and, and, uh, and all of that. He was talking about giving. His entire subject was us giving. But then he comes down and adds a little footnote here in this 15th verse. He just kind of sums it all up by saying, But thanks be unto God who giveth us, or thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Praise God. While we're talking about our giving, I think it's good that we be mindful this afternoon of how much He gave. The God that I serve has got a giving nature. The God that I serve is a generous God. Amen. He just keeps on giving and giving and giving. And we keep on receiving. Hallelujah. And the least we can do is give Him praise. And the least we can do is give Him glory. And the least we can do is give Him honor. Praise God. He has given so much to every one of us. I believe we ought to give Him the rest of our life. Our life, our praise, the glory, the honor that flows out of our soul. Amen. Amen. The gift. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. The greatest gift that ever came to this world is Jesus Christ. And then we have Him in us. Not in a physical sense. For Paul said we know Him no more after the flesh. We know Him now by and after the Spirit. We have the Spirit of God in us. The Holy Ghost is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I'm glad He lives inside of us. Amen. I thank God for the power of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, that is God's gift to us. The orators today, with their speaking ability, will never be able to describe Him. He is indescribable. Amen. The artist, with his brushes, will never be able to show the glory of God. The sculptor with his chisel will never chisel his likeness. 
Amen. I'm talking about the unspeakable gift. The philosophers today, with their minds, cannot imagine the greatness of our Savior and what He means to us. I say with Paul this afternoon, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Amen. He was unspeakable in His power. The Bible said that all things were made by Him. And without Him there was not anything made that was made. He is the light that lighteth every man, the light that shineth in darkness. Praise God. He stretched forth the heavens alone. He said, I spread abroad the earth by myself. The heavens are His throne, and the earth is His footstool. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Hallelujah. He's got the power today to, to, to deliver the greatest sinner in this city from their sins. He's got the power today to fill anyone with the Holy Ghost. He's got the power today to heal anybody that is sick. He's got the power today to raise us up into new heights and dimensions of apostolic revival. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Amen. In His perfection, He was unspeakable. He is a garden without a weed. He's a song without disharmony. No rock quarry has ever been able to furnish marble as white and white enough to show forth His glory. There is no harpist that can play well enough to praise Him properly. There is no frame that can fit His picture. There is no earthly crown that can fit His brow. There is no earthly robe that can fit His shoulders. There is no earthly scepter that can fit His hands. I'm here today to tell you that He is unspeakable. Amen. I don't want this wonderful Savior and this beautiful gospel that I love today to become ordinary and commonplace. Amen. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. When you get the greatest speakers up here to declare how great He is, He is greater than all of that. Hallelujah. How we ought to love Him and praise Him and adore Him today. Amen. Hallelujah. He was unspeakable in His existence. He is very God and He is very man. Jesus was as much God as if He were not man. And Jesus was as much man as if He were not God. He was the only begotten of the Father. He is forever the great unlike. There is nobody like Him. There's never been anybody like Him. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He was ages older than the mother who cradled him near her breast. Amen. I thought of that song this morning, down from his glory. Ever living story. Our God and Savior came and Jesus was his name. I want that message today to still thrill my heart. I want to be able to sing all that thrills my soul in Jesus. He is more than life to me. Praise God. How do you feel about him today, church? Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Amen. He is the unsoiled. He is the unpolluted. 
He is the unmovable. He is the unending. He is the unutterable. He is the unsearchable. He is the immeasurable. He is the indescribable. He is the omniscient one. He is omnipresent. He is omnipotent. He is unblemished. He is unchanging. He is unblameable. He is untarnished. He is the Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. Hallelujah! 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 He is the Alpha and He is the Omega. He is the beginning and He is the ending. He is the first and He is the last. Hallelujah! He's the one which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Hallelujah! I'm talking about one today that is unspeakable. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Somebody shout hallelujah. You may be seated. Eye hath not seen, and ear hath not heard, neither has it in the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love Him. Amen. He was unspeakable in His life. His lips never uttered anything that should not be said. There was no cursing, profanity, or gossip that ever came out of His mouth. Is that right? I said his lips never said anything they shouldn't say. His eyes never said saw anything they should not see. He never read a Playboy magazine. He never watched a dirty movie. Everybody still here? I said his eyes never saw anything they should not see. His ears never heard anything they should not hear. He didn't listen to rock music. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. His mind never thought anything that he should not think. His heart never felt anything that he should not have felt. His feet never walked anywhere that they should not have walked. His hands never touched anything that they should not touch. I'm talking about the unspeakable gift of God. Hallelujah. It is heresy today to teach that Jesus was just merely a good man. It is heresy to teach that he was only a teacher or a prophet. Amen. It is not right to teach that he is the second person in some pluralistic Trinitarian concept. I come to this pulpit today to tell you he's my Lord and my God. Hallelujah. Let's praise him. Glory. Amen. Amen. He was the God of gods. He was the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand of my soul. Hallelujah. He is the altogether perfect one. Amen. He said in John 10 and 30, I and my Father are one. In John 14, 8 and 9, He said, when you see me, you have seen the Father. In 1 Timothy 3, Paul says, that great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in this world, and was received up in the glory. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. 
First John 5 and 7 said, There are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. These three are one. When you say Jesus, you've said it all. Amen. I said when you say Jesus, you've said it all. 1 John 5 and 20 said He's the only wise God, our Savior. Jude verse 25 said He's the only wise God. Revelations 1 and 8 said, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. I'm the beginning and the ending. Hallelujah. He is the Almighty. He is the Almighty. He is the Almighty. 1 Timothy 2 and 5 says that there is one God and there's one mediator between God and men. That's the man Christ Jesus. I'm here to lift him up for a while. I'm here to brag about him. I'm here to tell you that 40 years ago next week, he brought me out of sin. Hallelujah. Baptized in his name and filled me with the Holy Ghost. Glory. Amen. Isaiah 9 and 6 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. He is snow without blackness. He is fragrance without foulness. He is wisdom without ignorance. He is right without wrong. He is harmony without discord. Hallelujah. No microscope ever discovered one flaw in Him. No temptation ever caused the loss of one bit of His moral fiber. No popularity ever made a decision for Him. I said no popularity ever made a decision for Him. Amen. His, his enemies proclaimed him innocent. His worst foe said, I can find no fault in him at all. Hallelujah. And I was told about a movie that, uh, that come out and they said that Jesus had an affair with Mary. How foolish and how wicked. Amen. He was the spotless, sinless, perfect Son of God. He's the Lamb of God that came to take away the sin of the world. Oh, hallelujah. I'm here to praise him. I'm here to praise Him. Amen. He was a diamond without pewter. He was an ocean without dust. He's a lily without tar. He's strength without weakness. He is right without wrong. He is perfection without imperfection. Amen. He is life without illness. He touched the blinded eyes and He made them to see. Yes, He did. He touched the deaf ears and caused them to hear. He touched the dumb tongue and caused them to speak. He touched the lame legs and caused them to leap. He touched confused minds and gave them clarity. He touched the fevered brow and made it to cool. He touched the palsied hands and made them clean. He touched death and brought it back to life. There was no flaw in Him. Hallelujah. And I can say with Pilate today, I find no fault in Him at all. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Amen. He was unspeakable in His birth. The angelic choirs sang to shepherds, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. The star in the east was a baton of light. 
to lead the orchestra and choirs of heaven to announce the coming of the Christ child. Shepherds left their flocks and rushed to the manger of Bethlehem to worship Him. And that same star escorted wise men from the east. Hallelujah. And they came to worship Him and bring Him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. He undressed Himself of His glory and came to this earth. Amen. He gave His brightness to the sun. He gave His jewels to the stars. He dressed Himself in swaddling clothes and fled as a child to a manger and came through the back door of the world that He created and became one of us. Hallelujah. The Bible said, He who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Hallelujah. I'm talking about the perfect, the spotless, the sinless Lamb of God. I'm talking about my Savior. I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm not talking about Mohammed. I'm not talking about Hare Krishna. I'm not talking about Chung Young Moon. I'm talking about Jesus Hallelujah. 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 He was wonderful and unspeakable in the way that he fulfilled prophecy. These words in Isaiah 9 and 6 were written about Jesus almost 800 years before he was born. And yet when Jesus was born, he fulfilled more than 300 prophecies concerning his first coming. There had to be a tribe in which Jesus was to be born, and so God told Judah that it would be of his tribe. There had to be a family, the ruler of the tribe of Jesse. There had to be a place, and so God whispered to Micah, the place where he said, In Bethlehem of Judea, uh, Jesus will come, and uh, in the fullness of time. So when Jesus was born, he was not an accident. He was a fulfillment of all prophecies. Amen. All the prophetic utterances of the Old Testament were consummated in the person of Jesus Christ. He was the earthly child of a heavenly father, and he was the heavenly child of an earthly mother. Hallelujah. If I could arrange the birth of Jesus, I, I'm sure I'd have done some things differently. I would have probably picked a palace for him to be born in, but God chose a stable. I would have probably had a crib lined with satin, but God chose a feeding trough lined with burlap. Amen. God does things different than the way we do it. Oh, hallelujah. Had I been choosing the birth of Jesus, I'd have probably fixed up a nice little nursery with Chanel number five and uh, sprayed some perfume on there, but he chose manure number six. Praise God. I'm telling you, he don't do it our way. He does it his way. I said he don't do it our way. He does it his way. Glory. I would have wrapped him in nice little clothes that babies wear, but God chose swaddling clothes. Jesus was the King of kings, and yet there could be found no room for him. The amazing thing to me is that he who was so rich became so poor for our sakes. And now we who are so poor sometimes act like we're so rich. But I'm telling you, the only true riches you have today is in Jesus Christ. The only true riches 
Hallelujah. And Brother Grisham said, this can all pass away in a few minutes' time. And our life and world can be shattered. Hallelujah. But may God help us today to lay up some treasures in heaven. Where the moth and the rust cannot corrupt and the thieves cannot break through and steal. Oh, clap your hands, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. With only a few years to live, Jesus was found in the carpenter shop. And if I'd been living those days and knowing what I know now, I would have probably rushed into that carpenter shop and I'd have said, Jesus, you're about 30 years old and you've just got a few short years of your ministry. You better get busy and there's a work to be done and you don't have very much time. But Jesus was never in a hurry. He was the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He was never in a hurry. He knew what he was doing. He still knows what he's doing. Hallelujah. He was the bread of life, and yet he was hungry. He was the water of life, and yet he became thirsty. He was a comforter, but there were times when he wept. He had the power to command the raging waves of the sea to be still. And at the same time, he could set a little child on his knee and say, Suffer the children to come unto me, and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ could talk to a multitude at a time. He could talk to a man on a rooftop. He could talk to a woman at a well. I could talk to a man up in a tree. Hallelujah. It didn't matter to him. He had time for everybody. I believe that kind of spirit has got to get a hold of our church today. We've got to quit calling people out. Amen. Every man, woman, boy, girl is a potential for the gospel. I don't care who they are. Their race is not important. Their color is not important. The language they speak is not important. The important thing is that Christ died for our sins. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't write any books. But you and I know that the presses of this world continue to grind out libraries about Jesus. He didn't found a college. But the scholarships of this world will have to admit there was never a man who spake like this man. Hallelujah. He was unique. He was different. Amen. If Jesus Christ was in Alexandria today, where would he be? And what would he be doing? Amen. That's, that's a question. What would he be doing? I'm going to tell you, I believe he'd be where the suffering are, the sinner, the backslider, the hurting, the wayward. I believe that's where he'd be, and I believe that's where he wants his church to be. Hallelujah. We're failing God when we do not lift up our eyes and look on the fields and see a field that is white and ready to harvest. Oh, church, let me say it one more time. The harvest is ready. The harvest is white. The harvest is ripe. But the labors are few. God help us to get mobilized in 1996 and see the greatest revival we've ever seen in all of our lives. I believe God wants to give us the greatest harvest and the greatest revival that we've ever seen. People are hungry for God. People are hungry for God. Amen. There are people that I, I, just a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have believed, but Brother Mangan, they're, they're actually calling our church saying, when do you have church? I need God. I need to find God. 
How can I find God? There's a hunger, Brother Williams. I see a hunger. I believe it's the end time. I believe it's the last days. And, and God's going to have a church. We all know that. But I believe God's preparing the hearts of people for 96 harvest. I believe it's going to be the greatest year for revival. Amen. That we've ever had. I've been trying to pastor a church 34 years. I believe that 1996 is going to be the greatest year of harvest. Amen. Anybody else believe that? Do you feel it? it? It's a feeling. There's something in the air. You can sense it. But the Cisco, it's coming. It's here. Amen. There are people coming to God that I never thought I'd see come to God. In this month of, of January, there's been 29 filled with the Holy Ghost in our church and 30-something baptized in Jesus' name. People are getting hungry for God, coming to God. I sense there's a deep move of the Holy Ghost, and the church must not sit idly by in complacent uh, spirits and attitudes and let this move of God pass by. We must rise up, and we must seize the moment. This is our day. This is our This is our time. The night is coming when no man can work. Who is it in this building that God will use in 1996 to help bring revival to his people? Let's praise him. Hallelujah. He was unspeakable in his death. He placed all the sins of the world upon Himself. Yes, He did. He died to pay the penalty of our sins so that we could live forever. He paid the ransom in full. He became our substitute. He brought forth justification. He brought forth sanctification. He brought forth propitiation. He brought forth glorification. He came to bring adoption. He came to bring election. He came to bring coordination. He came to bring reconciliation. Hallelujah. All of this gift package is in one package. When you get Jesus, you've got the whole works. Hallelujah. He got all of this and offered it to a world. He took His own blood and went in the holy place in heaven and sprinkled that blood on the mercy seat. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. He was not only unspeakable in His death, He was unspeakable in His resurrection. He said, you destroy this temple and in three days I'll raise it up. Hallelujah. They placed His body in Joseph's borrowed tomb and the soldiers tried to guard that body. But I want to tell you today that no man can guard the body of the Savior. There's not a man on the face of the earth that's alive today or has ever been that's capable of, of, of guarding the body of Jesus and keeping Him in the grave. Up from the grave He arose. He was unspeakable in His resurrection. They came very early, the Scripture said, on the first day of the week and to be near Him, but the stone was rolled away. Death could not conquer him. The grave could not hold him. Satan could not defeat him. Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph o'er his foes. He arose the victor over the dark domain, and he lives forever with the saints to reign. Hallelujah. It's not Easter time, but we can sing it anyhow. He arose, he arose. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, Because I live, ye shall live also. Because I live, ye shall live also. I believe it's time for the church to get excited about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Sunday night, people got excited about the Super Bowl. Others are getting excited about Michael Jordan. Others are getting excited about other people. But I believe the church ought to have a tremendous crescendo and level of excitement today about Jesus. We need to recapture the glory and the power and the virtue of our Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me see it. It's not just the Pentecostals of Alexandria. Every church that's represented here today ought to be a beacon of truth and a lighthouse for the glory of God to be revealed. Every church in this, in this, representing this auditorium ought to be a powerful apostolic church. Every church ought to be filled with the glory of God. There should not be a dead church here. God has never ordained dry, dead, cold, boring, stagnant religion. There's nothing deader than a dead Pentecostal church. Amen. Others, others have the expertise and the know-how to carry on pretty good without the power of the Spirit. But if the Spirit don't help us, we're in trouble. There's nothing deader than a dead Pentecostal church. Because Arnold, when folks walk into our church, I want them to feel something. Oh, you say it's not all in feeling. You're exactly right. But I believe that's where it began. They ought to feel something. Something they've never felt in their life. Amen. Something they've never felt in their life. Young man came to our church two weeks ago. He said, Preacher, I've never been in a church like this. He named where he had been. He said, I've never been in a church where you can feel God. Hallelujah. That would be an indictment against us as apostolic people if folks could come in and not feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Brother, I hope they can feel it when they drive up on the parking lot. When they greet the usher. When they greet the receptionist. My, my. My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Before they ever know anything about what you preach, they know what they feel. Amen. And I want them to feel God. The call when they walk in our church, I want them to sense that God is here. The presence of the Lord is in this place. Folks, we need the presence of God more than anything else in the world. I don't want to leave His presence. I said, I don't want to leave His presence. I don't want His presence to leave me. Hallelujah. 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 I want to stay where the presence of God is. Amen. 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 I believe it's time for the church to have a level of excitement and enthusiasm and Holy Ghost power that we have never had before. The Pentecostal church ought to be the talk of the town. It ought to be the talk of the community. Everybody in town ought to be saying, something's going on. Something's happening at that Pentecostal church. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you say, well, I'm from a part of the country where we don't believe in worshiping God. Well, I'm going to tell you, if we both got the same Holy Ghost, just one kind, amen. I heard Brother J.T. Pugh say one time, folks prayed through the Holy Ghost real quick and easy, and he said, somebody asked, did they, did, did they, uh, did they really, you know, get the real Holy Ghost? Did they get a good case of it, is what they asked him. And his response was, did you ever see a bad case of it? Amen. 
I, I've never seen anybody get a bad case of the Holy Ghost. Every case I've ever seen was a good case. When folks get the Holy Ghost, they speak in tongues and start magnifying God. There's a joy. There's a peace. There's a happiness. There's a blessing. There's a power. There's an anointing that comes from God. Hallelujah. The church ought to sing, it's all over me and it's keeping me alive. Jesus is keeping me alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. I preached in a state one time. I will not call the name of it because I'm sure in this meeting somebody would be here from there. Got about every state representative. But I preached in that state and, and the pastor told me at start revival. He thought, now, we don't holler much here. We don't shout much. He said... Uh, we, we just, we're more low-key. And I found out in the first few nights, that's putting it mildly. They wasn't low-key, they was dead. There was no key at all there. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he told me one night, I was down praying with somebody in the altar, he got me up and he said, don't get down there and waste your time. If they're going to get the Holy Ghost, they'll get it. You don't have to get around there. And, and his word was, you don't have to sweat and you don't have to go through all of that. If they're going to get it, they're going to get it. But I'm going to tell you, I didn't have enough sense to hardly stay in my place. Hallelujah. And I got down and prayed with them anyhow. That revival, we had 15 get the Holy Ghost. Hadn't had anybody get it in six years in that church. Fifteen got the Holy Ghost. I ain't got enough sense today to listen to all this modern philosophy. I just believe in having church. Hallelujah. You can have all of your modern newfangled religion that's dead, cold, and starchy, but give me a service where they're shouting, tongue-talking, dancing in the Spirit, running the aisles. Amen. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Amen. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. You know what the Bible said? The Bible said, clap your hands, all you people, and make a joyful noise to the Lord. I hope we never lose that. Hallelujah. I said, I hope we never lose that. Let's keep the power on the altar. Let's keep the power of God in our churches. Amen. Amen. Not only does it say, clap your hands, all you people, but it says, let the lifting of my hands be as the evening sacrifice unto thee, O Lord, my God, my strength and my redeemer. I don't know how you feel, but I'm going to keep lifting my hands. I'm going to keep clapping my hands. I'm going to keep shouting unto God. I can't praise Him enough. He brought me out of a horrible pit. 
He brought me from a long ways off. He set my feet upon a solid rock. He established my goings. He put hope in my heart. He put joy in my spirit. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gifts. You may be seated. In that particular church that I was in, very refined, very laid back. If you'd say something funny, they instead of laughing, they'd write ha ha on a piece of paper. <laughs> they, they didn't dare laugh, that would show emotion. They get a piece of paper out and they'd write ha ha. Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Then I, and later in the meeting I told something sad, and instead of crying, they wrote boo hoo on the back of their ha ha's. I mean, they just didn't want to show any emotion. They was, they was determined they wasn't going to show any emotion. Hallelujah. There is a great difference in a dead church and a live church. There's a great difference in a church that's got the name and a church that's got the power. There's a lot of Pentecostal churches that got a name, they live, but they are dead. They've got the sign on the outside, but the power is not on the inside. Oh, I'm begging God in 96 for an old-fashioned Jesus name, Holy Ghost revival. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. I was reading an article some time back about a fella by the name of Dolph Shays. Dolph Shays was a NBA player back in the 50s. You youngins wouldn't remember him. Six foot ten or eleven, played pro basketball. His name is in the Hall of Fame and so on. He played for many years in the NBA. Somebody asked Dolph one time, said, uh, you're such a good prolific scorer. How do you score so much? What do you do to get ready for a game? What do you do? And he said, well, before the, before the game, I get over in the corner of the locker room, and I get away from all the other fellas. I get by myself, and I start talking to myself, and I'm psyching myself up. That's before the game. He said, I say, number one, that player out there is going to guard me when I get that ball tonight. And he's going to try to keep me from getting the ball. But if perchance I get the ball, he's going to try to keep me from scoring the basket. That's his job. He said, I'm talking to myself in the corner of the locker room. If I don't make baskets, he said, I don't score points. If I don't score points, I lose my job on the team. If I lose my job on the team, I lose my salary. If I lose my salary, my wife and kids don't eat. My wife and kids don't eat. I'm still talking to myself. My wife and kids don't eat. They starve to death. They starve to death. They die. And he said, about that time, I jump straight up and say, where is that buzzard that's trying to kill my wife and kids? Where is that buzzard that's trying to kill my wife and kids? You know what? The devil's had some of us down too long. We need to get in the corner of the locker room and say, Where is that devil that's trying to keep me from having victory? Where 
is that devil that's trying to keep me from having revival? Where is that devil that says it can't happen in 96? Where is that devil that says it's used to, but not now? Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord right now. Glory. Somebody shouting to God. Amen. 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 Where is that devil that says you can't pray people through? Where is that devil that says nobody wants God anymore? Where is that devil that says revival was for yesteryear, but not now? I wish you'd just praise the Lord with me here for a moment. Remain standing, please. He's going to be unspeakable in His return for His church. Not only in His birth and life and ministry and death and burial and resurrection, but He's unspeakable in His glorious return. Hallelujah. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also unspeakable in his return. You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing up into heaven? For that same Jesus that you see go up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Let not your heart be troubled. He's coming. The gainsayers, the mockers, the scoffers, the doubters, the skeptics, the unbelievers, the atheists, the infidels, the critics, and God-haters say, He's not coming, but He's going to be unspeakable in his return. Amen. I read where Paul said, but thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Every Bible study you teach will be rewarded. Every door you knock, every bus route you run, every jail and prison you visit, every rest home you go to, every deaf person you minister to, to those that are out there in the field ministering to the people that have desperate needs today, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor is not in vain. This is no time to let up. It's a time to go full speed ahead. This is no time to slack off. It's time to go full speed ahead. Some of our people in our church, Brother Williams, asked me. We run, everybody knows we run quite a few buses. 
17 school buses and nine maxi wagon vans and bring in an average of 540 per Sunday on our buses. And uh, uh, that's not just a little babysitting. We quit that a long time ago. These are families. These are men and women. These are teenagers. One recent Sunday, over 112 teenagers rode our buses. Amen. And 40-something and adults. And so we're not just trying to get little toddlers so we can babysit them and count them and take them back home. we got to get the gospel to them. One of our men asked me uh, a year while back, you think we're going to slack up a little and sort of just level off here? I said, no, praise God. And the last thing I did Monday morning uh, before I left, there's a church a block from us, Brother Mangan, one block from us. They only have one bus. They bought it brand new. It has 34,000 miles on it. And they, they come over to our church office and said, Reverend, uh, see, you got a lot of buses out here. Would you like to have one more? Praise God. I said, yeah, we need one more. Just bought one last Saturday, and Monday I said, we need another one. Praise God. You say, where's it going to end? It's going to end up in the rapture. Bless God. That's where it's going to end. <laughs> Hallelujah. You say you can't build a bus, a church on a bunch of bus kids. Maybe not. Praise God. But three and a half years ago, we owed $800,000 when I stood here. And today, we're 100% debt free. Praise God. Them bus kids are paying off. Praise God. Let me tell you, if you get your heart right and get your spirit right and get your burden right, God's going to send revival in this last day to those that want it and hunger for it. You know what he said? He said, uh, we've only got one bus. And he said, we're not bringing anybody in on it. It's only got 34,000 miles. That's how much you want for it. He said, I'll take $3,000. Beautiful bus. School bus. Fit four passengers. Sixty passengers. And I said, I'll give you 2500 We would have given 3000 or 4000 He said, will you split the difference? And I said, yeah, you're a pretty nice guy. Let's just split the difference. 2750 So we wrote him a check Monday morning. 2750 You know what I, what I told our church Sunday night, Brother Manning? I said, the time's going to come when all the rest of the churches in this town are going to come to us and say, would you buy our bus? We'll buy it one of them. We'll be the only church in Durham running the bus. Bless God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You'd say, I'm not going to bring in a bunch of kids and, and those kind of people. Praise God. I'm telling you what. I want to see them. I don't care who they are. Amen. And the rest of those churches don't want them. We do. Hallelujah. And we see the grace of God begin to work in their life. And God cleans them up. They get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. They make productive saints. They make productive citizens. They live for God. They're faithful. They pay tithes. Everybody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our problem is not a world that don't want it. Our problem is the church is basically asleep and dead to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in this hour. When Jesus comes, He'll trade the foal of an ass for a white horse. He'll trade a condemned garment for a judge's robe. He'll trade a crown of thorns for a crown of glory. He'll trade a walking stick for a heavenly scepter. He'll trade a wooden cross for an eternal throne. He, when he comes again, he'll trade a soldier's overcoat for a regal robe. He'll trade a jeering crowd for an adoring bride. And I want to be one of them. I said he's going to trade a jeering, mocking crowd for an adoring bride. 
Hallelujah. In His transforming power, He can take a demon-possessed Mary Magdalene and put her in resurrections in her circle. He can take a crooked Zacchaeus and make him pay four times back. He can take a prostitute and make her pure and holy. He can take a drunkard and make him sober. He can take an atheist and make him a godly believer. He can take a thief and make him trustworthy and honest. He can take a blasphemer like Paul and make a preacher and an apostle out of it. I'm talking about unspeakable. He can take the maniac of Gadara. And the next thing we see, he's clothed in his right mind. A missionary. He can take a murderer like Moses. Let him lead God's people. He can take a murderer like David. And let him write the beautiful 23rd Psalm. Unspeakable. Unspeakable. I don't even claim to know all about His grace. Hallelujah. But what little bit I know about it, I love Him today. I love Him today. I'll close with this. I heard the story of an old preacher. An old man, about 55 years old. I guess that's how old I am. So I'd say old man, about 55. And uh, he was a grandpa. And so am I. I got the prettiest little granddaughter in the world looking at me right now. Brother Robbie and Sister Lisa are holding the prettiest little baby you've ever seen. But we won't go into all that. It'd take too long. But anyhow, this uh, old preacher had his little granddaughter, and he had her for the afternoon while the ladies went shopping. And uh, she came to him and said, Grandpa, can I have a drink of water? She's about five years old at that time. So he'd get up and get her some water, and he went back to studying again. Five minutes later... Grandpa, can I have a drink of water? So he left his books and Bible, went back and got her a drink. Finally, he said, hey, this is going to go on all afternoon. I'm not going to get any studying done. And he said, he saw a jigsaw puzzle. And it had a map of the world on it. And he said, I'll tell you what, honey, come right here. He scrambled it up real good, mixed it up real good. He gave it to her and he said, when you, you sit down and work on this jigsaw puzzle with the map of the world, and when you get it just right, you come back and let Papa know and I'll get you a drink of water. She said, okay, Papa. Five minutes later, she's back pulling his coat saying, could I have a drink of water? And he said, you've got you've to get that map of the world right first. You've got to put that jigsaw puzzle together. She said, oh, Papa, I've done put that together. And he said, well, who helped you? Nobody else in the house. She said, nobody. I did it all by myself. It was easy. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? How'd you put this jigsaw puzzle with a map of the world on it? How'd you get it together? She said, oh, Papa, it was easy. said, on the back of that picture, there was a, there was a picture of, of that puzzle. There was a picture of a man. And she said, when I got the man right, I got the world right. When I got the man right, I got the world right. And you can make all the laws you want to, and you can try to change the world with every program and, 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 and reformation and, and all the good things that people may do, and all of that may be good to a degree. But when you get the man right, when you get the heart right, you'll change the world. Hallelujah. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Let's praise Him. Amen.